Have you lost your job? Have you lost a loved one? Are you exhausted caring for your parents, for your kids? Well, you can find immediate relief when you read Sheila Mack's new number one bestseller, Bootstraps and Bra Straps. It contains the boots formula to move from rock bottom back into action in any situation, especially right now. If life has knocked you down, pick yourself up with bootstraps and bra straps. Get your copy at www.sheilamack.com today. Is not one size fits all, just like a pair of boots or a bra. So the formula is designed to help you through any situation. Grab a copy of my new best-selling book, Bootstraps and Bra Straps, the formula to go from rock bottom back into action in any situation. It is now available on Audible as well as on Amazon and Kindle and at www.sheilamack.com. Albert Elise is going to get there. There's no question. He squares in. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubble Rodriguez again. Scoring goals left and right. Elise with the assist. So, guys, if you had to pick one Dynamo player to sleep with your mom, who would you pick and why? Brian, your turn. Go first. Who's boinking your mom? <laughs> wait, wait, say that again? <laughs> Sorry, you don't I was, need him to say it again. I, I, was, I was reading about uh, Tab Ramos's open relationship with his current girlfriend, Tracy. <laughs> All right, so Brian, the question is, if you got to pick, you have to pick one player from the current Dynamo roster to sleep with your mother, your mom, and you can't say no, who are you picking and why? Oh, there, there's no, there's absolutely no way I'm letting that happen. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> That's uh, the, the, them's fighting words. All right. Well, 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 this is like an episode of Handmaid's Tale. Okay. It's going to happen. You can't stop it. And they look at you and they say, Brian, Brian, you can pick one of these guys and you get to choose. Who are you picking? Tim Parker. Jesus. I wouldn't have picked Tim Parker. He's a big boy, man. Tim is not my pick, I can tell you right now. Tim's a rough dude. Caleb, what about you, man? Who, who are you picking? All right. Judging off this last game, I'm going to go with Maxi because he couldn't score. Man, that, that's pretty good. I'm, uh, I'm going to go with Tyler Pasher. The reason is he's only like five foot five, so, you know. And he's also Canadian, so he's real polite, I bet. So, like, when they're done, he'd probably snuggle her up and make her coffee. You know, my mom really likes coffee. All right, hey, let's do it. I'm going to start with Mr. Whitecaps because you're basically the biggest Whitecaps fan on the planet. I'm a Dynamo fan, but I don't do what you do. I don't follow them around as much. I don't chant. I don't sing. I'm not up there waving a flag and going crazy. So my question, my first question for you is, has anybody, an opposing team fan ever tried to start shit with you. You know, like, got in your face, try to cause you a problem. Um, I've had, honestly, a very interesting one that I just did. Um, I did July 4th in Dallas, 
and I had a middle-aged, like, father with his kids, and he was getting mad because I was being loud. And here's the thing. FC Dallas literally admitted to me, their front office, they were like, we're supposed to put you in this balcony area where you have, like, your own section and, like, you won't have to worry about fans getting mad at you. But we want to sell the game out because it's the 4th of July. So we're going to put you in this section. They're like, you'll be in the top row and, like, in a corner. But there's going to be people full in the section. They're like, you can be loud and stand and cheer. We know you're going to do that. But it is possible people are going to get mad. And then, like, this middle-aged, like, father started just getting all up in my face before halftime, right around the 42nd minute or so when we went up 2-1. And I already had a front office guy. Like, he he gave me his number. He's like, if anything happens during the game, just call me or text me. And at halftime, I called him. And he came over and literally talked to the guy. And the guy got so mad that him and his kids just left at halftime and, like, just left the whole stadium. They didn't come back because they were so mad. They claimed that I was ruining the atmosphere for them by being loud and yelling. Well... You know how we feel about FC Dallas in general. I can't stand them. It's not the team. It's the city itself. They they just, it's the way that the people there think they're better than we are. They're not. Not in anything. Oh, except for fucking Cowboys. But who gives a shit about that? This is a soccer podcast. But I mean, that it's crazy. Growing up in New Jersey, I, I'd been to Philadelphia Philly games. And I'm a Mets fan, and that doesn't go over well for me at all. I almost had a girlfriend get me in a fight. But other than that, I've never had anybody anywhere, especially BBVA, try to get in my face or, or start anything or do anything like that. So so what did you do in response? Like, what what was your response to that? So, like, I was just chanting, and, and he, he comes up, and he's like, you're ruining the atmosphere. And I was like... I'm just chanting, I'm just supporting my team, and he's like, well, you got to do it quieter because you're being loud and, like, you're just getting all mad like that. And then these two guys right below me, they're like, hey, he's chanting right in our ear. He's way louder for us than you, and we're not complaining, so you sit down and shut up. And then he got angry at those two guys, and then that's, like, halftime hit right then. And I'm, like, clapping the players off the pitch, and I'm chanting. And then that's when I went up and, like, called the FO guy who came over, and he was really cool about it. So, Brian, have you ever had anything like that ever happen to you? Any sporting event at all? Someone gets in your face, tries to start shitty with you, like what happened to our favorite Canuck over there? Um, No. No, I've never had anything like that at all. So I'm I'm normally pretty quiet at games, and usually I'm just it's dynamo games. Kind of the only one that ever got testy was actually a, a high school basketball game, and that was about that was about it. Man, you know you say high school basketball game, and back when I coached high school basketball, I coached a team that was predominantly black kids, right? Like five of our six best players were black kids and our whole lineup was black kids and we played a team in east texas and we had to be escorted out by the cops because the parents in the stands were calling our kids the n-word these fucking rednecks are out there 
throwing racial slurs at 16, 17, 18 year old kids. It's like, fuck are you doing? This is a this is a high school game. Like, grow up. You wonder why your kids are gonna grow up to be pieces of shit. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I am a high school basketball coach, and, and like some of the stuff that goes on the, in the gym is kind of embarrassing. Yeah, because everybody can hear it in a, in, a, in a basketball gym. There's no hiding anything. Caleb, what about you, man? Have you ever had an issue at a game, any sporting event at all, similar to what we've talked about here? No, uh, not that I can recall. Um, I think the, it, it, it solidified my being of a Dynamo fan is I think the first time I saw us play Dallas whenever we had people come out to the games, the entire stadium after the game, I think we lost like 4-1 or something, but the entire stadium chanting, fuck you, Dallas, and became a Dynamo fan, like solidified it, and then, you know, further the hatred for for Dallas, but no, never, never, you know, face-to-face with another fan in my face about being anything, you know. Not, definitely not like a, a friend from Canada. That's kind of crazy. I, I'll also add, because I had two teams in both cities, um, Houston, the Maple Leaf Club, great poutine, very good, awesome vibe. And then in Dallas, a little bit north, and that's the other thing. Their stadium is, like, so far away from the actual city, which, like, Risk I feel up. like... Because of it being so far away, it leads to issues like that that dad with his kids. It's more of like a suburb, like like families. It's not as much of like a downtown of like an atmosphere where people are like actually chanting. Like there was one, like when I did the game in Houston, they had like an organized, like a whole big end of the stadium. Whereas in Dallas, they had this one little corner section of, I want to say maybe... 200 people max but um also I found it interesting that in Dallas I thought they're like super patriotic and like it was 4th of July they did the Canadian anthem first and like half the people around me I was looking were like sitting down or like had hats on and stuff I mean you don't you don't have to put your hand over your heart it's not your country but like sitting for it I thought was a little bit rude and then also, they they did the anthem really fast, which I found, I, I didn't complain about it in person to anybody, but I thought it was really rude that they did it like probably four or five times faster than what it should have been, which was kind of annoying. But yeah, that, that's, that's just my take. Uh, Houston was definitely a better away day than Dallas. Yeah, Dallas is full of pieces of shit. My ex-wife's family lives there hopefully they're listening you know that's that's horrible man hey you know what What? what's poutine i see pictures of it i hear people raving about it tell me what it is like teach me a stupid american about your canadian traditions so you take um you can use really any fries i think it's better if you use thick fries or even steak fries are good and then you get gravy. Well, before the gravy, you, you do a cheese curd. And then you put gravy on it, and you eat it with a fork. And the gravy's got to be like, you don't want the gravy so hot that it melts the cheese completely. But you want it still, like, kind of hot enough that it melts it a little bit. And, like, 
I think one of the big differences, no matter what, of getting it stateside is it's like the dairy products here. I think they have to pasteurize them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The FDA, everything's got to be approved. You know how we are with government regulation. It's crazy, man. So, so basically, it's it's fries and gravy with cheese curds in, right? All right. So I got one more big question for you. So going into last night, you guys were missing two Gold Cup players, right? Which I know you said on Discord, and we I feel bad for you. You know, we were missing five. But do you think if you have Cavallini last night that you guys score a goal, that you get a shot on target, do you think he changes the game? Personally, I think so because I feel like when he's on, it just gets different. Like, uh, did you watch the USA-Canada the Gold um, Cup game just a few days ago? I did not, actually. I, uh, I've been spending a lot of time with my girlfriend lately. She really likes me, and she's extremely hot, so I basically do whatever the hell she wants. But she is starting to get into soccer a little bit, which is which is great. I did watch that one, and yeah, the energy did shift when he came on. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was going to say. Cavallini came on, and he the energy just shifted. To me, he's like, I could not compare his skill level to... This guy I'm about to say, but like it reminded me of like when he comes on the power and like the team, just the energy shift. And I would compare it to because I'm also uh, Croatian. I would compare him almost to like an Orsic. Like if you saw the um, Spain versus Croatia round of 16 game, Orsic came on and the energy just shifted. Croatia tied it to go to extra time. It was so, Cavallini, I think if we would have had him, it could have ended. I, I think we would have gotten a goal, and it would have ended one nil. So he's basically your version of Darwin Quintero, because when Quintero comes on, our energy shifts too. Not always in a good way either. But last night, last night was different. Last night he looked pretty good. Am I right? So if I would have told you going into last night that you guys weren't going to get a single shot on target, but you were still going to get a point, would you have believed me? I probably, uh, yeah, I mean, with, with, how, with how we've been playing lately, I would say, yeah, I, 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 would, I would believe you. Well, actually, with, without Maxime Crapeau in goal, I would say probably not, because I think playing Houston, I figured you guys would come out with a little bit more of an attack, actually. And I figured with the starting goalkeeper for us being out that it would have been a little bit different. So if, if Maxime was in goal, I would say yes. But with him out of goal, I was like, no. We, we can't win or even get a draw with no shots on goal. Yeah, it was... We're going to talk about how we set up with the five at the back later. But uh, the last thing, if you watched the match last night, what did you think of what Mark Dos Santos, the head coach of Vancouver, was wearing? And is that common in Canada? Do you guys wear Saturday night club clothes on Tuesdays? I, so I saw the second half live when I got home from work, and then I didn't actually see what he was wearing. And then this morning I watched the, the highlights 
but I didn't see what he was wearing. What was he wearing? Man, he was wearing a um, a black button-up dress shirt, black slacks, and his shirt's un unbuttoned just so he can see a little his taco meat, his chest hair is poking out for the ladies. He, he looked like one of the guys on Jersey Shore back home that go to the club and the bar and they uh, they get all dressed up and they just look douchey, you know, drinking their fancy drinks, with their fucking umbrellas in it or a, a pineapple rind, you know, because they got to be fancy tonight. But he, he was there, his outfit said, hey, I'm here to work, but I'm fucking here to party too. Yeah, I mean, hi, that, that's pretty peculiar to me. Maybe Utah has changed him a bit since he's gotten there. Well, I hope the missionaries visit him every night before matches from here on out because he, he needs Jesus in his life based on what he was wearing to the game last night. Actually, you might find this funny, a little side story. When I did my trip to Salt Lake City in June for a Whitecaps game there, the Airbnb I was staying at, it was really cheap, good price, and it was in Sandy, Utah. Like, it was a mile from the stadium. It was really close to the light rail station. And I was like, oh, this is nice. And get there the day of the game, get in, shower, and then I look at the bed, and there's a bed stand, and I was opening the drawers, and in the top drawer, there was a Book of Mormon, and, like, the whole first page was, like, like a little blank page, and, like, the hosts wrote, like, what the Book of Mormon means to them, and, like, they, they like, encouraged me to take the book and actually learn about, like, uh, not Mormons, what do they call it, the, the, the Church of Latter-day Saints. Yeah. So I'm familiar with Mormons. I was actually married to one when I was really young. And when I met her, we were dating. And somebody had been talking about Mormons and, and somebody mentioned it. And I'd never, I never knew one. And I said, oh, yeah, I've heard that's a cult. That's, that's what I'd heard. You know, I was 18 years old and I was an idiot. Still kind of dumb. And she looks at me and we're dating. And she goes, I'm Mormon. And I said, no, you're not. And then, uh, she showed me this little ring she had on. It said CTR. It means uh, choose the right. It's like some straight edge Mormon thing. So I actually eventually read the Book of Mormon for her because that's I'm loyal like that and nice. And being a history teacher back in the day, um, every time I'd have to teach the Mormon religion to my students, we would cover it, the basics of it. And the looks I would get from my kids were like, yo, man, this shit's crazy. But then I would say, like, hey, you know, uh, what are you? And they'd go, I I'm a Christian, the one true religion. And I'd say, well, you know, according to what you believe, a dude was nailed to a cross, stabbed in the side, buried in a cave. Three days later, he moved the boulder, and then he floated down from heaven. Same guy walked on water, made uh, what, wine from water or water from a rock or whatever. So no matter how you look at a religion... When you just read it as is, it sounds a little fucking crazy. Like they all do. Not there's not one that's better than the others. They're all they're all very exciting. All right, so we're gonna move on to the Dynamo. Uh, if you want to stick around, Captain Canada, you are more than welcome to. If not, I understand. Really good getting to talk to you. I appreciate you coming on, hearing your opinion about last night, uh, Cavallini, and explaining what poutine is. Next year, I know we'll play you. So if you come in, man, I will definitely meet up with you, get you a beer. I'm not going to sit with you, and I'm going to root against your team, like fucking hardcore. But I'll definitely buy you a beer, man. Thanks again. So here we go. Uh, two new guys in the, the, the chat. 
Chuchin and MJB. What up, player? First thing, Dynamo. Dynamo talk. Last night, we come out with five at the back. We start five at the back, playing a team on two days rest. It hasn't played a match at home all year. And they're also, you know, they beat LA Galaxy. But before that, they hadn't won since May, I think. So what are your thoughts on that? Brian, I'm going to start with you. And then we're going to go down the list. And everybody gets a turn. Well, I, like, I don't get it. Like, uh, we just got our new DPM. We're going to start him at center back. And then we're going to throw, you know, extra guys in the back. And basically have nothing going forward. Like, if you... You can run five in the back if you have, like, some good midfielders who can get box-to-box and, like, get up the field and make some plays. But when you're playing Corona, Vera, and Jones back there, like, your only hope is to just lob the ball deep and and answer a prayer. And, I like, I don't understand what we were doing from the get-go. I was actually kind of frustrated about it. Man, I don't think anybody knows what we were doing last night. Caleb, what about you, man? Playing Vancouver, we start five at the back. What do you think? He nailed it on the head. That was uh, it was disappointing to see from the from the start, just because we knew that they had such a little risk going into that game. Um, and yeah, they they didn't use them as wing backs like I thought they when I first saw. I thought they were going to be okay up and down the sidelines the whole time, crossing in. Didn't happen. And then on top of that, the lack of energy it felt like felt uh, it was just off. It didn't feel like a that was the right li- lineup to a. Uh, start against this team yeah we haven't used Valentin and Lundqvist as true wingbacks all year we have two that can do it in Junka who I hate and Griffin Dorsey who I'd love to see but we don't run two wingbacks we legit had five fucking defenders back there last night and that is not something you see every day man that was crazy so I think you guys already said it it's it's pretty obvious we were playing for a point does does anybody do any of you guys disagree with that? No. And on the TV broadcast, they both actually said the exact same thing. Like, uh, you heard you heard Glenn Davis ask the question, like, does it look like anybody's actually trying to win this game? And uh, it and Eddie Robinson was like, no. And that's all he said. Like, it was pretty obvious. Like, nobody was really – playing with a sense of urgency trying to win. It was like at one point they're like, okay, we're just going to get a point. Maybe we sneak in a goal. Do y'all think maybe, and this is a long shot, but do you think you think maybe Tabs lost the team? Like maybe they're not responding to him right now? Maybe maybe they see he's playing for a point and they're not really feeling it? I, I don't know if he lost the team. I, uh, it's just weird how we came out how we and how we've come out previous games with so much energy and attacking so much to see us come out asleep for almost for the first entire half, even to the point where uh, Colby and I were watching the game and I was trying to figure it out. And I was like, well, maybe Tab flipped it on us. And he said, reserve your energy for the first half and come out like you do for the first in the second. And I, I don't know. And they just never happened. No, it never happened. I mean, there was a stretch in the second half where I thought we'd look like we were going to score. Or at least we were, our build-up play was better. Our, our linking play from the midfield to the forwards was better. It was, it was, it was better, right? You know? When Darwin came in. And when Darwin came in, that was the best he's looked all year. So we still couldn't do anything with that. Yeah, when, like, Darwin and Memo both came on, I think it was the 57th minute. And, 
they 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 made it they made a, a noticeable difference going forward. But like at the same time, like we were everything was just like the whole night. It seemed like everything was just a tad off, you know. Like right at the very beginning of the game, Derek Jones hits your Rudy like square in the box. And your Rudy takes just a bad enough touch that he can't yeah. recover and get a shot. You know, there was a couple of instances like that. Darwin has your Rudy, you know, behind the defense streaking towards the goal and his pass is like six inches too far. Like it's like it's it was stuff like that all night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I um Darwin Darwin looked good last night. There were times where he was creative. And it always kind of looks like he's too smart too far ahead of these guys creative wise and they are not at his level anticipating what he's going to do but you know a lot of that comes from minutes time playing together practice cohesion all that knowing who's going to do what and building that muscle memory of who's going to be where like there was that give and go from uh darwin to maxi back to maxi and maxi stood still he had no idea what was coming darwin is light years ahead of these guys and you know for some reason, moving on, I think Tab maybe, maybe, has decided I'm at, I'll have five players out. I'm going to play for a point at least until I get my guys back, and then we can try to make a push. Caleb, what are your thoughts on that? I, I don't know why. If that's the case, I don't know why, because that, that just doesn't – unless it's a strategic thing, I don't see why any coach would shoot for a tie. I don't know. <laughs> that just seems like an odd situation to put yourself into and then to double back and try extra hard whenever you have, whenever you have your normal starters. Yeah, you know, it, it doesn't really make sense at all. Um, but, you know, I could see if, if there was a relegation issue, if you're Burnley, Burnmouth, Sheffield United, and you have to get a point. I can see playing for points, but when there's no penalty for losing and there's really, aside from missing the playoffs, there's no danger. Go for the win. Why not? Why not go for the win? Where I think all Dynamo fans are okay with not making playoffs as long as we see uh, some sort of team progress, which we have, I feel like. But, yeah, I don't, I don't, if it is a strategic move, I, th- I feel like it's the wrong one to, to go for ties. I agree. I agree. Brian, what about you? Do you think we're going for ties until the Gold Cup ends and we get our guys back or what? Yeah, I do. I mean, I don't know. Like you, if you listen to Tab, everything he says is about how he never wants his team to feel like they're not trying to win. Like he says that all the time. So, you know, I hear him say it, but I, I don't necessarily always see it on pitch. I, it's like I don't, I, I don't know where the disconnect is, but at some point, like there's a disconnect between what they're trying to do and what they actually accomplish, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it makes sense. Total sense, man. As far as what we're seeing and what, what's, what's happening on the pitch. I mean, I, I think we all see it. We watch every game, at least parts of it. And it's, it's, it's been hard to watch sometimes, but not as bad as it was in the past. I agree. We have had... Uh, progress and you know real quick next topic this is my favorite one uh, my boy sam junka got a haircut he adopted a pit bull i miss his little ponytail it was cute uh, did anybody else aside from me kind of like throw up in their mouth a little bit when they saw he was at left center back and not at 
left back or left mid or not on the pitch at all? Yeah, I think that was the first comment me and Colby both made is just the, or he, no, the exact moment when I found out is he saw the Twitter uh, picture of the lineup, read it up from top to bottom, and then we get to the center backs, and I haven't heard Sam's name, and I was like, oh, man, heard it as center back, and I think I, I think I let out a yelp. Yeah, he's he's been pretty good for allowing one goal a game. He's He's always been good for one bonehead move that leads to a goal, but Brian, what about you, man? Thoughts on Sam? Give it to me. Honest. Like, I think his best trait is putting the ball at his feet and getting forward and trying to make something happen down the wing. And, like, if we were going to experiment on the wing, instead of throwing, like, Joe Corona up there, like, why don't we just throw Sam Jumpa up there? He can actually go past somebody. Yeah, like a left mid, right mid, or whatever he feels comfortable with. I feel like he's a midfielder. He's much better going forward than he is defending. You know, I mean, he can get in the box sometimes and, and head balls away, but, like, He's not real good at marking. He gets beat. Guys get in behind him. He misreads balls. Like, I don't don't like him in the back at all. All right. Best thing that you saw. For me, best thing I saw last night was Darwin Quintero looking a little bit like he used to. The guy last year. Granted, he is not the same at all. But for me, that that was like, that was a little silver lining for me. Seeing him get out there, he tracked back, he fucking played defense, imagine that. He was creative, he did not create, he did not have as many turnovers as normal. I thought he looked a lot better, I think he's going to look better over time. That's a silver lining. Brian, what about you, man? What, what was your best thing you saw last night? Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to go different just to be different, and I'm going to say the uh, seeing the pairing of Parker and Hadebi together. Like I, I thought they played really well off of each other. I thought they they matched up together nicely, and they and they kind of solidified things in the back. Caleb, best thing you saw last night? What was it? I, I was gonna say uh, Tim and Hidebe as well. I I like them two back there. Uh, granted, you know he's still learning the team and how we play, and we're learning him as well. But I think they had good connection, making stuff happen from the back. Yeah, yeah, I thought I thought so too. I thought Hidebe looked good. Um, I didn't pick that because I'm going to touch on his debut later on. But, you know, he looked good. So now, what was the worst thing you saw? And for me, the worst thing that I saw was the lack of urgency in the last five or ten minutes. And the overall worst play of the game for me was Quintero's fucking floating corner kick to end it that to the edge of the box to Memo. What in the fuck was that? You're floating that kick in. You can't get pace on the ball. The ball needs pace to create pace. That's something that some smart guy came up with, like uh, Einstein or or Springsteen or Doc Brown, McFly. So worst thing that you guys saw. Caleb, what about you? Worst thing you saw, man? Uh, for Same thing as you, lack of urgency. And for me, it felt like the whole game, not just uh, the last couple minutes of whichever half. It felt like the whole time we weren't trying. Again, it goes back to that. It felt like we might have been fighting for a point. But uh, specifically in a player, I'd say it was probably Maxi for me. Uh, just seeing him walk around more than I, I usually do, I, I wasn't satisfied with his, his performance that night. Well, shit, man. He, he doesn't get a break. You know, he's been pressing throughout the game. He doesn't come off the pitch. Yeah. He's come off the pitch twice this year 
right? Maybe Ramirez came in the one day and got a goal. Christian's gone now. Maxi gets no break. Fafa doesn't get a break. The midfielders don't get a break. It's just like, man, we have to figure out a way to get these guys breaks. Uh, a lineup or a, a formation change should have, should be assisting him in that and making his job easier. And, and what's crazy to me too is we we didn't use three like we had three subs still to use and we didn't use a single one of them. And either Tab has zero faith in the guys on the bench or like that's just what he wants to do. That's another thing. I was fairly disappointed to see uh, Derek come off. I don't know. I felt like he had a great game. I feel like he's a 90-minute player, or at least he's getting to be. I don't know why he came off. Yeah, he, to me, Derek always looks tired. Even when he first starts, he's sweating. He looks exhausted. But in my opinion, he's been our best midfielder this season. And I said it in an earlier episode. He's young. I think he will get some all-star votes. I don't think he'll make it. I don't think he deserves to make it yet, but his time is coming. He has a bright future, and he is a good signing. Derek Jones is quality, and that's, that's I don't know, if that, is that Matt Jordan? Because if it is, Matt Jordan got that one right. As much as people knock Matt Jordan for all his misses, he has had some hits. Tyler Pasher was a hit. Maxie's a hit. Derek Jones has been a hit. You could argue that Fafa's been a hit. Marco Marich has been a hit. So... He has done some good things, but overall, you could say he's been handcuffed by previous ownership. Now the fucking handcuffs are off. So it is time to see if Matt Jordan really can be a successful general manager in MLS, and if not, get the fuck out of my club and bring someone in that can be because we've all suffered a little bit too long, right? We're like Tina Turner towards the end with Ike. We're fed the fuck up. We know that the grass is probably greener somewhere else, but you know what? We're going to give you one last chance. One last chance. So please, don't leave us bruised and battered anymore, Maddie. All right, so now we're going to move on to Teenage Dream Hadibi and his debut that we have all waited for. I thought that he looked a little out of sync, a little. I loved his ability on corners to put his head on the ball. That is something that I was always like, Derek Jones need to do that. But if you've watched Derek Jones do that, he can't read a ball in the air. That's my opinion. But teenage can get his fucking dome on it. From the back line, a lot of times he was lumping it up the field, playing it, uh, bypassing the midline, playing it to the forwards. Somebody was like, why, why is he doing that? Why is he bypassing the midfield? I think our midfielders aren't creative. And maybe his passing ability is such that Tab has told him, yo, you put it down the wing, get it to Fafa, get it to... Pasher when he comes back but yeah he you could see the quality you could see the quality that he brings to this club Brian what about you man what do you think uh yeah I thought he was good I, I liked what I saw back there and I, he was you know it's like it's it's like your center backs kind of like offensive linemen in football like when you don't hear their names a lot that usually means they're doing a really good job and uh, and he just didn't make any mistakes. Like, he was where he needed to be, when he needed to be, when he got the ball at his feet. Like, he was looking downfield and, and making passes, and I, I I thought he did a really good job. What about you, Caleb? The debut of Teenage Dream Hadibi. What would you think about it, man? And did he get your heart racing in your skin-tight jeans? Was he your Teenage Dream last night? The dream. And I think he had a great first game for us. Uh... I think my favorite thing about watching him play, 
aside from like the link up with with Tim or those through balls to the to our forwards, was to see him not crack under that pressure. It's got to be a crazy experience for him coming into a new country, new team, um, all this stuff going on. But when you're getting pressed and to not just boot it off to the sideline or something like that to be able to keep composure, turn, and make a play, I, I love seeing that. And it looks like he's not an American defender, which is phenomenal. No, nah, man, no, no, totally. He's not. Uh, he's European. He played in Turkey. The Turkish League, the, 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 the league power rankings – Turkey, the Turkish league is rated higher than MLS. He's played against Champions League teams, Champions League players, Europa League guys. He has played against quality individuals. To me, that's a no-brainer signing. I know it's cost us a little bit more money. We got Tim for three more years. Hadibi's our DP. We have a solid defensive back line, and that that includes Lundqvist and Valentin. And if he only plays left back, Sam Junka. I was just going to say, if you if you if you get those two together and then you keep marriage playing at the level that he's been playing at, like we should be defensively one of the better teams in MLS when it's all said and done. Agreed. Yeah. Marco has been really good this year. Stats wise, he's a little bit better, but man, he's really kept us in some games. He has turned losses into ties, ties into wins. Uh, Is there anybody in your opinion who shouldn't have touched the pitch? And for me, I got to go back to Sam. I don't think he should have been on the field. I think we would have been fine playing four at the back. I don't think he should touch the back, the the pitch at center back. You want to play him? Put him at left back. You want to play defensive? You got Adam Lundqvist. But you got Sam as an offensive wing back, not a center back, man. So in y'all's opinions, is there anybody who played last night who shouldn't have touched the pitch in your opinion, Brian, you go. You go. Um, I'm going to go kind of out of the way here because I, I really didn't like the way he was used, and that's Joe Corona. Like they were, he was kind of started the game at playing a lot of left wing, and that's not like that's not his game. And you barely even saw him touch the ball like the entire first half. And I just don't know. Like he's, I think he's a good defensive midfielder, but like where they were trying to play him, like that's not. That's not just that's not a good spot for him. No, you got Memo could play there, Quintero could play there. There's other guys that can play in that spot. That's not Joe Corona. He's a midfielder that plays defense and he can make things happen here and there, right? Yeah, I thought Joe as well. Same exact thing you're thinking. I don't know why he was. I enjoy watching him play and he can make things happen every now and then, but I don't know. Again. Weird place to put him. He disappears. He disappears for stretches at a time, and he'll be relevant for five or ten, and then he's gone again. He goes. Deuces, man. You know, like when you wake up and she's overweight. Just kidding. Now, the next the next part is who didn't get in that you think should have. And I said one, but I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to pick two. I wanted to see Griffin Dorsey get in and play that right-sided wingback, and also Mateo Bahovic. We have five at the back. We're defense out the ass. I would have liked to see Mateo get up up top and spell Maxi. Let's see what he can do. We've paid $1.2 million for him, I think. 1.6. At some point, we got to put him on the field. He's left-footed. I also think Griffin can spell Zarek Valentin, and he can play a wingback. You can put 
Junka on the left at a wing back and Griffin on the right at a wing back, and you can push them up the field. But you know what? What the fuck do we know? We're, we're a couple guys on a Discord room. I'm not making the big bucks like the guys out there at BBVA. What about you, Caleb? Who didn't touch the pitch that you wanted to see last night? Yeah, it was Dorsey. For me, it was Dorsey the entire match. I was waiting on it. So I thought this was the game for him. I thought this was going to be a win, and I thought we were going to be able to test out some new players. Brian, what about you, player? Who do you want to see last night that you didn't get to see? My answer is always going to be Barmate Meech. Like, I don't understand why that guy doesn't play more. <clears throat> and I don't understand why we go games leaving subs on the table and, and like, we don't even give this guy a shot. I thought I like what I've seen out of him this year when he's got limited minutes. Um, you know, and I, I know he's terrible. At, like, he's not a good defender. He's terrible at high pressing. But at the same point, like, when you put the ball at his feet, he kind of makes things happen. I just like to see him get some more minutes. Yeah, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder if he, if Bahamich slept with Tab's wife or something. Something must have happened, man. Or, or Jordan brought him in and didn't uh, didn't ask Tab. But part of me wants to just believe he, he slept with Tad's wife. Tab's wife uh, is Tab married? Anybody know this one? I don't know. Probably. I have no idea. Everybody typing it in right now. I can say this. Uh, I guarantee, if Tab is married, his wife is smoking ass fucking hot. And part of me wants to think she's like Puerto Rican, like one of those fine-ass music video Puerto Rican girls. But yeah, dude, if he's married or in a relationship, she's fine as hell. You know she is. Tab's a good-looking dude. Well, that about does it for us here at the Houston Dynapod podcast and our very first ever Discord server post-game chat. The shit was tight, son. Give us a like, give us a share, give us a review. Those are important. Reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts apparently are like a real important. Uh, you can support the podcast using the support link in the fucking show notes. Join us on Discord, man. Get in here. Get your voices heard. Good time was had by all. I promise. Even if we had to choose who's fucking our moms. Uh, we got a game, right? Coming up. Got to get three points. Because we know we can get one. Anyway, till next time. Till the pregame, postgame. Or the Dynamo give me good news or bad news. I'm Finister. This is the Houston Dynapod Podcast. And go Dynamo! Albert Delise is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Mubble Rodriguez again. Scoring goals left and right. Delise with the assist.